All right, so let's get started at the bottom of the page, the two dots on the bottom of the page. In Moisot Tzrichot L'Shemen, we said earlier that if she needs oil, you're allowed to bring the oil by hand. So in other words, what we're talking about is, is that the woman who's bringing the oil, it's just oil to rub her, right? So she'll put oil on her hand and then come with an oily hand and then rub it onto the woman where she needs it. Now, what if that's not enough? So then she could also bring in her hair. That's what we learned earlier. So the question is, how can you bring oil in the hair? How are you going to get it out? You're going to have to squeeze the hair. Isn't that a problem of, oil, of, of squeezing? So they both answer, that hair is not something that really absorbs. It's just caught between the hairs. And therefore, it's not, there's not, that's not schita. It's not really the prohibition of squeezing. Now, um, and, and so that's one aversion. That's the, what Rabbi and Rav Yosef answer. Rav Ashi Amar, Rav Ashi disagrees, says, you don't have to say that. Even if hairs do have a concept of squeezing, and it really should be asr for schita. However, what we're talking about is that you're carrying it with the hair, instead of carrying it in ab- carrying it in an abnormal way, using the hair to carry the container, um, basically, um, and that's b- based on the idea that as much as you can do a shinoi, you should do a shinoi if you can, and it doesn't take extra time. That would be fine. That's what you should do. Now, Rav Yehuda said the name of Shmuel that if you have a chaya, a woman who is in childbirth. Any time the womb is open, whether she says, I need this for my health, or she says, I don't need this for my health, but the friends say, yes, she does. You still can override Shabbos for those things. Yes. She says, I need the light turned on, or whatever it is. <coughs> I need a hot drink. Anything that she requests, even if it requires Chilul Shabbos to get it, you would be allowed to get it, even though it's Chilul Shabbos. That's what we're talking about. That's as long as the womb is open. Nistamakever, once it's closed back up, the, 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 the womb whether she says, I need it, or I don't need it, even if she says that she needs it, she's no longer in danger, and therefore, you're not allowed to be Mechal Shabbos after the point. Now, we're going to define what's the point in time soon. That's Tanakama's opinion, that if it's Nista Makever, then not. Now, I just want to point out an interesting question my Chavrus asked me this morning, and I, I had an answer, but I don't know that it's true, but it's just an interesting question. Out of all the names that you could think of to describe a womb, which is the Beis HaRechem, which is what we're referring to, why is it called Psichas HaKever? Kever is the word for, us, uh, for a uh, where you bury somebody, right? If this is bringing life, and it's kind of an opposite thing. It's a funny word that the Chazal are using to describe a rechem as a kever. Okay, so I so that was the question. Mechavrus asked. I thought it was a very interesting question. 
So I'll tell you what my my thought is. I don't know if it's true or not. I haven't seen any mefarshim on this, but uh, my answer is is that is that that basically we look at the childbirth process as a expression of what Tchiyas HaMesim is like. And it's the opening of the Kever, which is just like there's, a, there's a no life yet, then this opens up and then it comes to life. That's the same thing that happens by Tchiyas HaMesim, by the revival of the dead, the Kever opens up and brings forth a life. So that's a, like it's, it's an expression to describe the experience that will be Be'ezrat Hashem in the future of Tchiyas HaMesim, that's why it's called Psychazakever. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's my that's my thought. Interesting. Okay. That was the interesting question. Yes. Right, right. Sagi right, exactly. It's a lot of light. Yeah, but that's, you see, right. Right, right, right. Well, but, but that's why I find it, that's why it's so odd. Normally, the opposite makes a lot of sense. Why do we call a cemetery Besachayim? Because you don't want to talk about bad things. So you, you say the exact opposite, but, but you never say, let's talk about bad in order to, instead of talking about good, just say the good. You understand? <laughs> So you don't do it the other way. That's why it's a kasha. Okay. Right. That's true. It was quite risky. Right. So that could be. Right. So that's what, that's what we mean by the danger. Okay. That's another possibility. Okay. Okay. Yeah, shkach, shkach. Okay, good, good. All right. Um, next, Rav Ashi Masni Aki. He that was Rav Ashi's version. Okay, Marzutra Masni Aki has another version. Am Rav Yudam Shmuel, also quoting Rav Yudam the name is Shmuel. Chayek calls much I can bring as long as her womb is open. Bein Amra Tzrichani, Bein Amra Lo Tzrichani. Whether she says she needs it or she says I don't need it. But others say that she needs it. Mechalen alas Shabbos, whatever it is, we mechalen Shabbos for it. Nista makever once it closes back up, then it depends. Amratzrichani, if she says I need it, mechalen alas Shabbos, you still mechalen Shabbos. Lo amratzrichani, but if she doesn't say she needs it, even though others do, and mechalen alas Shabbos, then we're not allowed to be mechalen Shabbos. Now, who do we paskin like Rav Ashi or Marzutra? Amr le Ravino le Mreim, Marzutra masni lekula. Rav Ashi Masni Marzutra is more lenient. He says that if she requests, then you are allowed, even though she's no longer, uh, you know, she's not in danger anymore, technically, or whatever. She's the the the, the womb is closed. Nevertheless, um, who do we follow? Hilkasokeman. Who's the halacha following? We paskin like Marzutra Lekula. Why? When there's a question of life and death, we take the more lenient position and assume that, uh, that it's allowed. Okay. Now, we have to define. We need our definitions. Which is the point of the beginning of the opening of the womb? 
So Amar Bay Mishasha Teshiv Al Mashber. The moment that she sits on the birthing stool. Okay, as you know, when she's ready to give birth, that's the moment that the womb is open. She's ready to start pushing. That's the shio, that's the measure according to Abai. Ravuna Braid Ravishomar Mishashadam Shoseis Vyorid, which is what we call the the her her water broke, okay? It's dripping out. That means it, the 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 plug that blocks it. That's when things start moving fast. That's already the opening of the womb. Third cheetah is that when her friend, when she can no longer walk on her own, she needs help walking. She can't carry her weight. That's a sign that it's open. Okay, so that's the beginning point. This machlokas, how far back? Does it start when she's really ready to start pushing, which is alamashbir? When does it start early, uh, even earlier than that, which is uh, when, when her water breaks? Or is it um, in, somewhere in between when she can no longer carry herself by her own two feet? She needs help carry, being carried. That is the three possibilities. Now, when is it considered still open? Up to three days after. Ravamar Mishmede Ravyuda Shiva seven days. and others say it's thirty days. So there's a lot of shitas here. Three, seven, and thirty. Now Amrin Ardoi, Chaya, Gimel, Zayin Velamid. It's actually there are different levels for different things. The three measures are three, seven, and thirty. Gimel, when is the first three days from childbirth? Bain Omratrichani, Bain Omratrichani, whether she says she needs help, extra things. Something or not, that's for the first three days. Zion, if it's for the seven days, if she needs, if she says, I need something, if she says, I don't need it, she knows herself. We trust her own sense what she needs and what she doesn't need. And that's for the first seven days. As long as she doesn't request it, you're not allowed to be Mechal Shabbos. Lamed, even if it's after up to thirty days, even if she says I need it, but it's already past the seven days between seven and thirty days, you're not allowed to be mechal Shabbos. So what are you allowed to do? Avo, what you are allowed to do is os in al armoi. You can have a non-Jew do it. So if she says she needs something, so you can get a, a Gentile to turn on the lights, do whatever she requests, up to thirty days, because she's still somewhat in. Uh, she's still ill. Now, can the Rav Ula bread the Rav Eloi like Rav Ula explain the the son of Rav Eloi? Any needs of an ill person, nationality they are might can be done, and she's at least she's definitely qualified as a a chola, an ill person who's not just not in danger anymore, and that's why you're not allowed to be mechal Shabbos directly, but only through a gentile, right? So nationality they are might be Shabbos. Like Rav Nuna explains, if it's not a matter of life and death, tell a Gentile to do it. Okay, next thing. What is the 30-day rule for a woman giving birth regarding which halacha? So Nardoi says, it's relevant for going to mikvah. Why? Um, so Rashi explains that uh, that up until 30 days, she should not go to the mikvah. 
And the reason why is because it, it, it's a danger to her. She's at, she's at risk. She's at, uh, and therefore, if she goes to the mikvah, you come out, it might be cold, and she could get very, she, she's frail, so she gets sick easily. So that's why you don't go to the mikvah up to 30 days. She's not back to herself yet. Okay, that's the sheet. That's what 30 days is relevant for. Okay, she should not go to the mikvah. That's only true if she's not with her husband. She can't go to the mikvah because uh, she'll be too cold after the mikvah. However, if she's with her husband, the husband keeps her warm. And if the husband keeps her warm, then it's fine. There's nothing to worry about. Okay, so you see, every, all the husbands here are learning the daf. I understand that they uh, that they, they have a purpose. They can keep warm up their wives. That's a, a value. Okay. The story goes with the daughter of Chizda. She did go to the mikvah within 30 days. And her husband wasn't around. And she got really too cold. And what they do? They had to carry her, her bed. Finding Rabbi Lepumbedisa all the way in Pumbedisa so that he could warm her up. So they, because the the right the husband can warm up the the body and then the, of the wife and then she'll be healthy again, and that's the idea. You're allowed to build a fire, a big fire for a, a woman giving birth on Shabbos. Turn up the heat. Now, that we were thinking that's only for a woman giving birth that you could do that, but not for a person who's sick. Um, and then it's only in the rainy season where it's cold in the summertime lo, that you can't do that that's what we thought so anyway bottom line is um, uh, they take out the girsa um, um, okay and then the Gemara says, "Itmar, Amar Reb Chibar Avin, Amar Reb Shmuel, Hikis Dam Ben Itztanin, Osin Lo Madura, Afilu B'Tkuvas Tamos." You should realize that actually that's not true, because like it's similar to bloodletting. Obviously, there's a loss of blood when you give birth. Okay, so there's also uh, when when it's very similar to the law of what happens when somebody does a bloodletting in those days. It was considered very healthy to bloodlet on a regular basis, as we'll soon see. And you do it even if you did it in the summertime, you need a big fire to keep you warm. And Shmuel, Tzolchulei Tachtecha Dishaga. And what Shmuel did was, is that one time he needed a fire, and what he, he said they couldn't find wood prepared to, to heat up the fire, but it was the day of the bloodletting. And he chopped up a, a, a fancy chair that was made of very expensive chair. But the bottom line is your health is more valuable than a fancy chair. So they broke up the chair to use it for firewood to give him, to restore him to his health for having bloodlet. And you need that extra warmth. It's a very crucial thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> not only that, review the Tzolchol Epitora, Diona. He also chopped up a piece of, uh, also a fancy cedar that is a very hush of a wood. And they used it, even though it was uh, too valuable to use as firewood in general, but for your health and uh, in, in time of need, it's a more important need. 
And the rabbi told Chalisha Shifa, use the bench that he burnt up, even though it was already a bench. Now, Vamalei Abayi the rabbi, so Rabbi asked rabbi, how are you doing this? Taking a bench and using it as firewood, it's a valuable thing. Aren't you being over Baltashchis? So here's a very important principle. I'm more concerned about the Baltashchis of my body than the Baltashchis of my my property. And therefore, that's the very important, you have to have the right perspective. And if I'm, when I'm sick, it's very hard to restore your health. It's not so easy. So if you can, if you need, you just did a bloodletting and you're cold and you need that extra heat, that's a bigger baltashkis, and therefore you were allowed to even destroy your property to be able to keep you warm. Now, Okay, koros beso. It's a very interesting um, uh, mindset that, uh, that that having a p- shoes to wear is a very important thing. Irashi says it's a big bizayon to have to walk around barefoot and you should avoid it. And therefore a person should rather sell the walls of his house and buy shoes. Okay? If a person did bloodletting and he doesn't have food, then you'd rather sell your shoes and have a good meal. Okay? So in other words, as, fair, as important as shoes are that you'd rather sell your house if you don't have a pair of shoes or whatever you do, uh, the walls of your house are less important to you than having shoes. That's maybe true, but shoes are less important than having a meal after a bloodletting. You very much need... Yes. I know, it's a fascinating thing. I mentioned this to my chavrusa this morning. It's, it, it was, see, you're, my mother was... My mother was already American, didn't have the same sensitivity. But my grand, all, both my grandparents were very makbid, very particular about walking around, even in the house, without shoes. They looked at it in a very negative way. And that's really what this Gemara is saying, that, that, that it's like a, a bizoy, it's embarrassing, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, to, not, to not have shoes. Fascinating No, it, that's not what Rashi's saying. If you look at what Rashi says over here, it's just a bizayon. It's an embar- it's a, it's embarrassing. It's a, it's denigrating to walk around without shoes. It's like a, a giving over that you're poor. You understand? Yes. Really, that's interesting. So, so there the concern was Avelus, clearly. Interesting, interesting. I don't know, I don't know. That, I, I, like I said, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting idea that the Gemara is expressing here. And it's interesting, you should take a look at the Rashi here, how, the wording of Rashi, what, it, what the issue is, why it's so important to have shoes. Anyway. Um, 
There is nothing more denigrating than walking barefoot out, outside. That's really outside is the issue. Okay. All right. Yeah, but he's explaining the Gemara. The Gemara was in Bavel. That's, I don't think. All right. Anyway. All right. So that's, uh, let's continue. So, but a food after bloodletting, that's even more important than the shoes. Okay? And my Tzarki Suda, Rav Amar Basa, Rav says, what does it mean, the Tzarki Suda? That's meat. Okay? You need to have a meat meal. Ushmol Amar, Yayin, it's wine. Rav Amar Basar, why is he a Basar? Nafsha, Chalaf Nafsha. You lost some of your Nefesh, right? And therefore, you need to replace it with Nefesh, with meat. And the um and Shmuel Amaryayin, why sumka chalaf sumka? You lost some of your red, so you should drink wine to replenish your red. Your that's the that's his logic, okay? But you need to have those things, either wine or meat or both, after your meal. I mean, for the meal after bloodletting. Now Shmuel b'yom David milsa, when Shmuel did a bloodletting, they served him spleen as the meal. And that's because it's a very red piece of meat and that's the same concept. You want to have something red to replenish the red that's missing. Rabbi Yochanan Shasi, he would drink wine, that you would be actually be able to smell the, 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 the wine out of his ears. That's how much wine he drank. Rabbi Nachman Shasi, he drank he would eat the spleen and then you drink wine, enough wine that you'd float up the 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 spleen that he ate, which is you know like a lot a lot of wine. Rav Yosef Shasi Adinafik Mirivda the wound of the bloodletting it would be coming out of that. Okay, Rava Mahadar Achamra Bartlasa Tarfi. Rava would be would specifically seek out a wine that was. Uh, a chash of wine, okay, that was um, basically was at least three years old. That it was, uh, you know, so it's like um, meaning a, a, an older grapevine. Amr lehu Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak the Rabbanon. So Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak said to one of the rabbis, to the rabbis, his his students, his fellow rabbis, the metusa I beg of you. Yeah, question. I beg of you, on the day of your bloodletting, you should tell your family, your wife, who's preparing the dinner, that you're having the rabbi as your guest. So you can imagine the su'uda your wife's going to prepare. Oh, Rav Nachman's coming. It's going to be a really fancy meal. And that's um, actually allowed. And you should tell them that you can have that Rav Nachman's coming. And then he's a no-show, but the bottom line is at least you ate a good meal on, after the day of bloodletting because that's very crucial to have a good meal that day. In general, trickery is not allowed. But in times in a pinch, we do allow it. This trickery we're going to let you do on a day of a bloodletting. This is permissible. The guy did a bloodletting and now he hasn't got the money. But actually... And he hasn't got the, the cash to buy wine that he needs. So, Lishkul Zuzamaka, you should take a coin that the 
store owners refuse to take. You know, like it's a little bent out of shape. They don't like it. The laser is shavchanu. So go to seven different stores. And of course, the general rule is I want to buy wine for Zos, but I have to taste it to see if I like it. So you take a little sip of it, and then uh, you offer the coin to buy it. And of course, they say, oh, well, I'm sorry, I'm not willing to accept that. And then you move on to the next store. Add the tum shirivias until you actually drink a full revias. So obviously, you're doing this as a trick because you know that they're not going to take that coin. But um, nevertheless, it, you, this is the only time we let you do that kind of trickery where you're going to get a taste of it. And, um, and this way, you can sustain yourself that way. Okay. Below, and if you haven't got that kind of a coin, you don't have a, a broken coin that nobody wants. So, Lechel Shev Tamri Uchmasa, take um, seven brown dates. It's a lot cheaper. Veleshuf Mishcha Bitside, and then rub oil on your forehead, you know, on your, on your temples. Vinigni Bishimsha, and you should lay in the sun because you need to get your warmth back. Because when you lose your blood, you lose a lot of your warmth. Now, Ablet is uh, was a chacham, was a wise man from the Gentiles, who was very close with Shmuel. He liked to talk about matters of wisdom, etc., with Shmuel. And Ashkel Shmuel, the Ganim Shimshan, he saw Shmuel lying in the sun, sunbathing. <laughs> the wise men of the Jews, Bisha Miavitava, the sun is, is bad for you, don't you know? The sun is. Uh, Gives cancer, whatever, you know, whatever skin cancer. It's dangerous. What are you taking a sun bath? Okay, Amrlei. So he told him Yomada Kazahu. It's a day of bloodletting, so it's a different story, and, and I needed to warm up. But lo, he actually that wasn't the truth. Shmuel did not tell him the full story. There are days, if you know your way around, there are certain days that the sun is actually super good for you. All right? All year long. Um, uh, if you, if you take, take in some sun on those particular days. The first day of the summer, that's uh, either that one, the beginning, of the, the beginning of the summer solstice, that's the first one. And or it's the winter. Uh, it's a question, but one of the, the it, it's machlokas. What's the correct girsa? And there happens to be that the sun is very, uh, very helpful on those two day, on those days, either with the, one or the other. And Shmuel didn't think it was worthwhile to share that piece of information with the gentile, so he didn't tell him. He just said, "Oh, it's a bloodletting." Okay. Next. If a person doesn't is denigrates and you know has a light food instead of a serious meal after bloodletting, then Hashem will make sure that he doesn't have a lot of food. Why? He doesn't care about himself. Why should I care about him? I understand? He, to him, his life is not a big deal because he's taking risks with his life. So why should I go beyond that? Okay, so that's the mindset you should think about. Rav they both say, somebody who does a bloodletting, don't sit where it's a windy place. It's harmful. Why? 
Dilma Shafli, Umna, maybe the, the blood letter drew a little too much blood. And it gave you, left you a very, like your bare minimum for life. Vasizika, blood, a wind will come. Vishafmine, and that'll draw some of your blood. Vasilidesakana, and then you low on your, your less the blood than you, than you need to survive, and it can be dangerous. When he did a bloodletting, he had uh, such a protection from the wind that there were seven bricks thick, length, brick length, which is three tvachim long, and one half brick. So seven and a half brick lengths, which is 20, um, uh, 22 and a half. Tfachim uh, uh, thick, very thick walls, and that's what he would um, protect himself in to be when he would do a bloodletting. So the wind can't hurt him, right? It won't blow in, okay. And sure enough, um, <clears throat> one time he did it and he felt a uh, chill. Badak, uh, he checked into it, and the chaser chadericha, and he realized that the extra half a brick was missing. There was only seven, seven, uh, seven bricks thick, and not seven and a half. And he was able to feel the difference. So you see that protection from the wind is very. He was even able to notice it. both say When somebody is bloodletting, he should right away taste something. and then go. Don't get up. First, you must eat something. The ilo time midi. If he doesn't taste something, he paga b'shichva. If he meets a dead body, yarka ape. His face will turn green. He paga biman the kaltanafsha. If he meets a murderer, miss that'll cause him to die. And he paga b'davar If he meets a pig. Kashal Dabar Akhari can potentially bring him to Tsaras, because the pig is full of. You're very, basically, you're very susceptible to germs, and therefore you're susceptible to all kinds of things. You better protect yourself by eating right away. Now, Rabbi Shmuel Dabar Tabayad explained, Haiman the Avid Milsa, if you do bloodletting, Lishti Purta, first drink right away. Don't even get up before drinking. If you do, if you donate blood, they are very particular about this as well. They make sure you have a drink of orange juice before you leave. Okay? And they give you food to eat also. There are five things that are closer to death than life. You eat a big meal. We're not talking about just a, a snack. You eat, and then you jump up. That's very unhealthy. Shasa, You drink a big drink and then you also jump up and go. That's not healthy. Yashan Vamad, you sleeping and you get up quickly from sleep, very unhealthy. You uh, right, Hikis Da Vamad, you just did a bloodletting and you stand up quickly. Shimish Mitasa Vamad, or you had uh, relations and stand up right away. You're supposed to wait, not get up. That's part of the, I don't know if you realize, that's one of the things about the Moda'ani, that by when we wake up, our, open our eyes, before we get out of bed, we say Moda'ani Lefanacha, that's like, gives us that few seconds before we get out of bed to be able to um, keep calm, uh, or whatever, that you won't be jumping out of bed from sleeping. Most people don't have this problem. They, they, they're they up for a few, for quite a bit, it, it's still lying down. 
Okay. Obeyna prakim yemayit. Every every uh, period of time, large period of time, you should start slowing down your bloodletting system. Okay. Obeyna prakim yachzerimayit. And then the next level, you should go down even again. Vamishmol. Um, uh, um, so Rashi explains what that means is um, okay one second well you didn't explain this yet also says the best time for bloodletting is Sunday on Wednesday and Friday Monday and Thursday is not a good day for bloodletting if you have a lot of merit, you should do so on Mondays and Thursdays. Why? Because the Bezdin sits on Mondays and Thursdays down here, and that's when they sit in heaven also, because they parallel each other. And therefore, it's like they're going to judge you, so you're taking that risk. What's wrong with doing it on Tuesday? Why? You mentioned... Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, yes. Monday, Thursday, not. But Tuesday, he didn't say why not. So the answer is, Mishum lemadim bizavi, or bizugi, um, which means that the, uh, uh, if you ever, there's a principle of the constellations that, that are going in the sky. And uh, basically, there's an order of those constellations. And if you're following the order, it's, um, you know, it's Mercury, um, uh, uh, Venus, Mars, and then the Sun, and then um, uh, and then there's Noga, and that's um, um, Mercury, Venus, Mars, uh, uh, the Sun. Anyway, the, uh, the, the the Sun, and then there's Noga, Kochav, and then. Um, and then Levana, and then the moon. Anyway, that's the order of the events. Anyway, the bottom line is they all have influences, and Mars, as we know, is like a time of judgment. So when the Mars is... Yes, what? Yes, of course. Yes, yes. No, no, no. Mondays, Mondays and Thursdays doesn't have to do with the stars. That has to do with the days that they chose to be in time of judgment. The question is, these stars, the cycle of the stars, there's, a, there's as we know, we're, there's, a, there's, there's two concepts that are playing a role here. The, there's a cycle. When Mars is, is in its strength, that is, a, prob, that is a, a riskier time. Because Mars is the red planet. The red planet implies blood, it implies war, that's when there's a, there's a midah of judgment that's at, that's, that, that's, that's at play, okay? Because that is the case, so therefore, um, therefore, when, if it's in a time frame, when it's a time of uh, a, 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 an even hour, which is a zug, which is a pair, you know, so like a, a so two, the second, fourth, the sixth, those are hours that are that are more dangerous. So the bottom line is because it's like a double strength or something like that. Anyway, the bottom line is you don't want to uh, to to 
bloodlet on that day because there's more of a risk. Okay, now, Shabta, so the question is, yeah, but if you keep track of the cycle, Male Shabta Nami Kami Bizavi. It's actually the, the sixth hour on, on Friday is also dangerous. So the Gemara answers, you're right, but Kim but since everyone prefers bloodletting on Friday because they know they need to have a good meal after bloodletting. You have a good meal after bloodletting, most people can't afford to have a good meal during the week. Their big meal was always Friday night. So therefore, they pushed their bloodletting to Friday, so it's already Shomer Psalm Hashem, Hashem protects the foolish. Now, Armish Shmuel, Dalid do Dalid, if there's, a, if the, so, so Shmuel is saying the fourth, that comes out on the fourth, or Dalid do or comes out on the 14th, or Dalid do Esrim or comes out on the 24th, or Dalit Deleka Arba Basre, or a fourth um, that that there isn't a fourth after that, Sakanta is all is is dangerous. Okay? Which basically means a Wednesday that comes out on the fourth day of the month, or the fourteenth of the month, or the twenty-fourth of the month, are all bad even though Wednesdays we said is okay to do uh bloodletting, not if it comes out on a fourth, okay? And that's even if there's a, even if, if it, let's say there's no more it's the fourth the Wednesday is le- there is no other um, there is no there aren't four days left to the end of the month all of those are a, a danger and you can't you shouldn't do bloodletting on that day. Rosh Chodesh v'sheni lo chulsha shlishi lo sakanta. So Rosh Chodesh and the day after is weakness, but the third day is actually dangerous. Mali Yom Tova, Erev Yom Tif, Chulsh is a weakness. Mali Yom but Erev Shavuos, Sakantis Mamish is danger. Now this is interesting. Because Rabbanan Akulu Mali Yom Tova, Mishum Yom Tova Datzeres. Erev Yom Tif is not a time for bloodletting. And that's because of the Erev Yom Tif of Shavuos. The Nafik Bezika, because there was a powerful wind that comes out, Erev Yom Tov of Shavuos, Ushmeitavoch, and it's called the slaughterer, that wind. The Ilo Kiblu Yisrael Torah, Havatavachu, Lebisrayu, Ulutamayu. It would have split them up, they killed them. So, in other words, we were, our lives were on the line when, we, when Shavuos came. Were we going to accept the Torah or not? And it would have harmed us. So therefore, the Erev Yom Tov of Shavuos is at risk, and that's why it's not a time for bloodletting. And that's why every Erev Yom Tov we don't bloodlet. Now, Amr Shmuel, yes. Yes. There is a concept that Jews are lamala men that are above the, the zodiac. That's true. They're mala min hamazalos. There's a word for the zodiac. It's called the mazalos. This is not exactly the maz. These are also called mazalos, but it's but basically these they they do have they still have an influence that we are wary about. You know, we're careful about. So that's basically the story. Okay. Anyway, 
Um, so what happened? If a person ate wheat, so he filled up on carbs, and then he did a bloodletting, the bloodletting really wasn't very successful because it didn't do what it was intended to do because all it does is, wheat, is loosen up the chita, the wheat that he ate. So it's not really accomplishing what it was set to accomplish. Um, now, that's if you're trying to get better from, from bloodletting. If your goal is just to lighten you up and that you shouldn't be so heavy, so it does work. If you do a bloodletting, you should drink right away. Eat soon after. So the question is, do you drink right away, but then it's healthy? Afterwards, it's not healthy to drink. It's not good or bad, but the drinking that right away is very good. Take that's a question. If you eat up till the distance it takes to walk a half a mil, okay, a couple of minutes, eight minutes, whatever it is. Before that or afterwards is not good. It's not bad or good. It's just best up until that time or at that time. Take again. We have a question. Now, Machru is Rav. Rav says, Mea Kari Bizuza, Mea Reishi Bizuza, Mea Svami Veloklum. In other words, these foods are really not very healthy for you. Gourd, a head of an animal. Or um, the lips. Now, the head or the gourd, unless it's so cheap that you could buy a hundred for one zuz, then buy it. But if it's more than that, it's simply not uh, not going to help you much. Meyasfami, the lips of the animal, even for free, it's not worth it. Okay? And I'm Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef says, now I understand what, 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 what the line that I heard was, I didn't understand. When I was by Rav Huna, and the rabbis were just wasting their time, and they weren't learning properly. So This is a day of lips. And I had no idea what he was talking about until I learned this halacha, and I realized what it means is it's just like when you eat the lips of the animal, it's like, it's like, it's like uh, empty, empty uh, calories. It's not doing anything for you. It's not healthy at all. Um, and that's the same thing. It's like a waste, a waste of a day. That's the expression. All right, brings us to the next topic. V'koshrin tabor, you're allowed to tie the umbilical cord on Shabbos. Now, Tanur Abanan, koshrin tabor, Rabbi Yossi Omer, you can even cut it. V'tomnin ashilya, you cover up the afterbirth. Kideshi yachem avlat, that the child should warm up. Now, they would cover it up in um, oil, in oil, in, in, uh, in containers of oil. With wool. With just worn out garments. We paskin like Rav Yossi that you're allowed to cut the umbilical cord on Shabbos. Even the Chacham agreed to Rav Yossi, if there's twins, then you could for sure cut it, because they pull at each other, there's two babies, 
and they're gonna it could it could be harmful. So you can you're allowed to cut it for sure because of the sakana. Now I'm Rav Nachman, I'm Rav Barvo, I'm a Rav. All that was mentioned by Yechezkel in the rebuke that he gave to Kal Yisrael are things that you're allowed to do for a birthing woman on Shabbos. The one who gave birth to you, didn't he cut the umbilical cord? Didn't he wash you in water? The Mishi? Didn't he rub salt on your body? Okay, and didn't he wrap you up and like swaddle you? So what are all these things? These are things that you're allowed to do for the baby on the day of birth. You're allowed to give birth to your help birthing on Shabbos. You're allowed to cut the umbilical cord on Shabbos. You get warm water to wash the baby on Shabbos right away. They used to rub salts on the skin to like get off the gook, whatever. You're allowed to do that on Shabbos. You're allowed to swaddle the baby on Shabbos. Rashi clarifies this is not the same swaddling that we talked about earlier that's like putting the bones in spot because that we said according to some is usr. So we're talking according to that, that it's uh, just plain wrapping up the baby in a comfortable way. Those are all things that you're allowed to do on Shabbos. And that is the bottom line. Hajrun Allah mefanen. La-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-